Welcome to Voices from the Cathedral, a podcast from the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City. In this sermon, the Reverend Deacon Kenton J. Curtis preached about doing theology through direct action to the poor and needy, taking inspiration from Jesus' parable of the vineyard owner and the life of the martyr St. Lawrence. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're like me, the parables of Jesus often require study and further exploration. The meaning of the parable or parables is sometimes fuzzy when read for the first time. Today in Matthew's gospel, we heard the parable of the vineyard owner. And initially in reading it, it can seem unclear and also the story sort of flat out unfair. I would imagine that any one of us might be angry if a coworker works for an hour and receives a full day's wages when we've put in a full day and received the same amount. Our reaction to the landowner would probably be just like the laborers that had put in a full day, a great big what gives. But when we get to the last line of the passage, we see why Jesus is telling the story. So the last will be first and the first will be last. The parable of the vineyard is indeed good news. In this case, good news to those finding themselves last in line and often last in life. This is classic Jesus and shows his unwavering devotion and love for the least and the last. When we read the Gospels and somehow miss that our Lord repeatedly calls us to attend to the poor, then we've not fully comprehended them and need to read again and again. But in addition to scripture, our faith history is also based on tradition and reason. Richard Hooker, a revered priest and theologian of the Church of England, living in the late 1500s, wrote what some would call a masterpiece, the laws of ecclesiastical polity. Kind of more of an expansive way of saying church practice or church custom, but even that doesn't quite fully capture it. Hooker believed that positive laws of church and state are developed from scriptural revelation, ancient tradition, reason, and experience. The famous three-legged stool, or when incorporating experience than the four-legged stool that Hooker believed grounds us in Anglican theology. Hooker believed absolutely that scripture is foundational, but that living in the world requires us to look to tradition and reason as we do theology. Yes, do theology, doing theology as an action, not merely something we study or something we preach. Long before Hooker came along, we find countless acts of selfless saints who brought our theology to life. St. Lawrence is one such saint. He was a deacon of the early church living in the third century. 
he and six other deacons served under Pope Sixtus of Rome. As is tradition, the deacons were charged with feeding and attending to the poor and the sick of Rome. The church was then living under the persecution of the Emperor Valerian. Pope Sixtus was executed by order of Valerian in 258 AD, as was Lawrence, we are told, three days later. As tradition and history and perhaps a dash of lore tell us, Lawrence was sentenced to a gruesome death, but before his execution, the prefect of Rome thought that the church had a great fortune hidden away. So he ordered Lawrence to bring the church's treasure to him before Lawrence was to be executed. Lawrence said he would in three days. Then he went through the city, gathered all the poor and the sick who were supported by the church. When he presented them to the prefect, he said, this is the church's treasure. In great anger, the prefect condemned Lawrence to a slow and cruel death. But St. Lawrence accomplished his goal. He did indeed present the true treasures of the church to the prefect. So the last will be first and the first will be last. Even when facing death, Lawrence's priority was to live the gospel message of feeding the hungry and comforting the sick. If the year 2020 is to teach us anything, it has highlighted our need for God, our craving that the gospel will guide us through these daunting times. We can't live in a state of inertia, that won't work. And we can't be cowed by all that threatens us and confronts us. This year has required us to re-examine our relationships, our interactions, and most importantly, to admit how very much we need each other and how very much we need Jesus. As I worked from home since March 13th, as many of us have, we've discovered how isolation and spending too much time alone can take a toll on our individual and collective mental health. I have spent many hours on the phone or on this necessary lovely thing, but occasionally insufferable thing called Zoom. Counseling many disabled clients I work with and older clients living with HIV. The overwhelming common refrain is how hard it is to be alone and isolated, and then come the tears. The feelings are amplified when it remains so uncertain when we will be able to gather again. When will we be able to gather at the altar and share the holy meal, the Eucharist? We need to draw on our faith to know that at some point, all will be well, even when it is so very hard to believe that now. As we often hear when people are referring to trailblazers or activists, pioneers or saints, we say we stand on their shoulders and we stand on the shoulders of so many. We stand on the shoulders of Richard Hooker who gave us a new understanding at how we arrive at our theology and how we do theology. Scripture, tradition, reason and experience 
All of these things have shown us that we will greet each other again. That as difficult as things seem now, God remains with us. We stand on the shoulders of St. Lawrence, who in the face of death did what Christ would have him do, present the true treasures of the church to the corrupt leaders of his day, presenting the poor and the suffering. But we too are treasures. All the children of God are treasures. Though we may be separated physically and living at the intersections of so many things confronting us, we need to remember that we are indeed together in some profound ways. We are together in our love for each other, in our love for the church, in our love for God. We are all beloved creatures of God. And in the name of Jesus, we shall see a new morning, a new dawn, a new awakening. Judeo-Christian history is full of examples of great suffering and great devastation. And yet those who went ahead of us, out ahead. Scripture, tradition, reason, and experience rising out of history show us our capacity, our resiliency as a people of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to Voices from the Cathedral. The Cathedral of St. John the Divine is the Cathedral of the Episcopal Diocese of New York. It is chartered as a house of prayer for all people and a unifying center of intellectual light and leadership. People from many faiths and communities gather here to worship together, provide meals for the hungry, educate our youth, and host concerts, exhibitions, performances, and civic gatherings. You can find us online at stjohndivine.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at stjohndivineNYC. That's S-T-J-O-H-N-N-Y-C. Check back soon for another episode.